When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels. Tis the season of many games coming out uh, and many fun, good games. It is the fall and the holiday season, and uh, it started. We have too many games to talk about. We're going to try to talk about as many as we can. We have, I believe, kind of six, if we count everything, that we specifically want to discuss, but a lot more stuff. There's Tokyo Game Show, there's Apple Arcade that's available, uh, and the games we're going to be talking about are some of the big releases. My name is Patrick Beja, and to help me uh, weed through the weeds of games is Ed Mitchell. How's it going, Ed? Hi, good morning, everyone. It's nice early morning here in Austin, Texas. The sun hasn't even come up yet. Or maybe oh. just peeking its head over the horizon a little bit. But uh, I'm happy to be here. Well, first of all, thank you for uh, waking up at an ungodly hour for being on the show. <laughs> and second of all, um, uh, the sun is getting ready to set here in Finland. Oh, how poetic. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I might be exaggerating a little bit. It's only 3 p.m. <laughs> we still have like five hours of sun. So, um, yeah, that's what's happening in uh, Celestial Bodies news today. Other things that are happening on yet another part of the planet is, or was rather, the Tokyo Game Show. Uh, you were at PAX, is it PAX? Wait, what PAX West, is it now? Yeah. Prime? West? Okay. Yeah. So you're in Seattle. <laughs> you are going to be talking about one of the games you played there uh, a little mm -hmm. bit later. But uh, Tokyo Game Show also happened last week, and there were a few yeah. uh, tidbits of news. Uh, I selected like four games to talk about uh the first one i think is the one announcement that uh everyone has been made aware of it's the resident evil multiplayer project resistance game it's uh it's an interesting i, I want to say departure but they had the was it outbreak where they uh, yeah they, tried they had a dlc that... from re7 that had a also similar um escape room oh really uh, i didn't realize Yeah, I'd, uh, let's see if I can figure out which one it was, but yeah. Okay, uh, um, so it's an expansion on that DLC then, I suppose. So yep. for those who haven't heard, essentially it's a uh, asymmetrical multiplayer game where you have four players bending together, trying to fight off the monsters and traps uh, and trying to escape it. As you said, as you put it, it's kind of an ex escape room. Uh, and you have the mastermind, which, which is another player kind of controlling the environment and setting traps and s sending monsters and even uh, playing as the monsters sometimes. Uh, so the game the, yeah the dlc was kind of a uh was a single player uh escape room kind of ah, thing so i guess they just okay. kind of took that idea and expanded upon it that's cool 
Right. Um, and it, it is uh, the, the people who have tried it on the floor uh, have said that it shows promise. It's a little bit unbalanced right now. Uh, but uh, even just for the idea, I think it's cool that they're trying new things with that franchise instead of just eternally remaking a new Resident Evil. Between the success of RE2 Remake, <laughs> it's ironic I'm saying this, they changed it enough that it's a reimagining of the game. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil 7, which kind of went back to the basics of the franchise. And now this, it's it's cool. I like what they're doing. Did you, are you into it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the they've experimented with like multiplayer Resident Evil games in the past a couple of times um, to like so-so success. Yeah. But it really seems like Capcom is fully like embracing a completely new way of designing and making some of their games. Um, it's kind of the, the return of Capcom of the of the old ages, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know if I would put it like that. I mean, maybe maybe there is some of that, a little bit of hunger. I mean, um, I mean, Monster Hunter World is is a very successful. They oh, have Iceborne right, just came sense, out yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, they're they're doing good. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting. I can't remember who it was exactly, but one of the producers, uh, a Westerner, actually, on uh, Pro- Project Resistance, uh, actually mentioned, you know, we need to do new things because if we don't, then other people will and they will outpace us, which is, you know, pretty standard th- thinking when you're in an industry where uh, change and quote-unquote innovation is happening all the time. Uh, so yeah, it's good that one of these big uh, old houses is uh, thinking like that. So I, I like it. There, there, there is a small possibility this is going to be a multiplayer mode in a wide, larger um, Resident Evil game, and it's going to be beta t- beta testing fairly soon. I think maybe late in the year. I can't remember exactly, but it's going to be in beta test soon. Um, but it might also be its own game. I think that's more likely. Uh, Death Stranding, we saw a little bit more of that game. (laughs) We saw a little bit more uh, pooping and uh, peeing (laughs) and bathing. And uh, there's more story trailers being shown. And there's some actual gameplay. It's I'm I'm still not a thousand percent sure what it's going to be, even though we've seen like a significant amount of of gameplay. Um, I'm, I'm I guess this latest uh, uh uh reveal didn't really change my opinion of the game but it's it still mm-hmm. looks cool and interesting i'm starting to think i'm wondering if there's going to be like meaty gameplay like i i guess what i'm trying to uh, talk about here is like there doesn't seem like there's going to be any significant like action gameplay like yeah. shooting yeah. or fighting or anything like that right that's the impression i got so there was like a 20 minute trailer of packs that they that they showed behind closed doors and um the only like gameplay that they really showed was the guy peeing and then him <laughs> him walking up to where he met jeff Keeley. you know oh that's um, the one that like, was shown at uh gamescom as at well gamescom too yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so like i mean yeah it, d- it definitely seems weird i'm definitely gonna like wait to see reviews to see if, like people are liking it but it seems kind of cool you know it's yeah. kind of a unique very unique uh kind of game that i really haven't seen much of other like 
before, otherwise yeah, in the industry, you know? No, I agree. I think, I mean, there was a little bit more gameplay in the uh, Tokyo Game Show trailer. It was mm-hmm. all in Japanese, so not a lot of people saw it uh, around here or really paid attention. Um, and there's there might be a bit more action, but definitely it feels like it's not going to be the core of the game. And I, I'm with yeah. you. I, I welcome that. I think it would be very interesting um, to see what Kojima can do you know, if if he can make the game fun and interesting as a, a double slash triple A release, probably triple A, um, without a huge emphasis on violent action, I'd be curious to see what that is for for uh, someone like him who has been making action games for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll I'm cautious about the game still. Yeah. Um, but it's he's doing something different and that's always commendable. Um, Just another mention that he also said there will be a very easy mode, which is essentially for movie fans, um, which again, it's kind of his shtick. Uh, The two hour long uh, cutscenes are are something uh, he enjoys, but uh, that's also pretty cool. Like the, the game can be super easy for people who don't really feel like they can or even want to uh have challenging gameplay so yeah so that that also begs the question what the challenging gameplay would be too right that's true Um, yeah that's very true so maybe maybe there is something more in there you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you're right you're right uh yeah i i I just feel like the it's not going to be a shooter or brawler Mm -hmm. or something like yeah yeah yeah. yeah um Final Fantasy VII has been, again, showing a lot. Um, it, there was a significant piece of uh, combat and gameplay demo. Um, and we also learned that the uh, remake will include... The, so the combat is modified from the original one. It's much more actiony, kind of a uh, uh, similar-ish to what is done in Final Fantasy XV. And in this one, there will be a uh, classic combat mode. So if you want a traditional JRPG turn-based gameplay for combat, you will get that as well. You don't have to go and uh, action it out, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, sure. It seems like they're taking this remake very seriously. And this is just another confirmation of that. It feels like a full-ish game. I think the questions are more on, like, this is the first section, um, Mm -hmm. the Midgard section of Final Fantasy VII, which is a tiny portion of it. And uh, on my French language show, I discussed it with a friend who had some pretty good insights. Um, He was saying, you know, it costs so much to, it would cost so much to remake the entire game because it's so long and vast, Final Fantasy VII, to remake it with the standards of today and of that remake he he is like almost convinced that the follow-ups or the full thing is not going to come out. Um, mm, he thinks it's untenable, especially since next year we're going to be getting the new consoles, so it's going to be even more fidelity uh, required or something to make it new console friendly. Or maybe they could keep it like this, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they showed for one thing. They showed that in the one of the like cinematic trailers cloud meaning sephiroth and that doesn't happen at all at midgar mm-hmm. so like it seems like they're gonna establish the villain earlier than they did in the original game um so that they have some sort of conclusion you know what i mean yeah it, they're they're rejiggling the the story as well to make yeah. the, the the dramatic arc uh work better which makes sense um you know you say sephiroth and 
I am brought back to a time that was not so long ago where <laughs> everyone who would choose a name in a game would be Sephiroth yeah. or Sephiroth 50. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that stopped five years ago. We still see some Alucard uh, <laughs> names here and there, but Sephiroth, not so much. Maybe that's going to make a comeback with the remake. Um, the last game I wanted to mention is Yakuza, which I don't know if it's a me thing or if an, if it's an actual uh, uh, an actual thing thing, but I feel like Yakuza is on the cusp of uh, busting out of the niche that it is in the West, kind of like Persona did um, a couple of years ago, mm. um, and and Seven is definitely being envisioned, I think, for Sega as that opportunity to make it in the west uh again like persona like uh monster hunter uh, it's a of course a series that people know in the west but it hasn't seen the level of success that maybe it could get and um i think the seven is a new protagonist a new city uh, a very different system there's going to be turn-based battles instead of a uh, uh, brawler type uh, gameplay and it, it's still the same formula, but I think it's gar garnered enough interest. Maybe it's just for me, but enough interest that uh, people will be into it. And I think fans of the genre of the games are are excited for kind of a new city, um, just because the games have been taking place in that same uh, city for the past six games, seven yeah, games, seven um, games. Yeah, if you count eight, zero. if you include Judgment, right? Oh, um, I was counting zero, but I guess it's zero and judgment, judgment yeah. it's eight games. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So so that that's kind of cool that they're they're kind of breaking away from that. Um the fighting combat was never like the strong point of the Yakuza games. Mm -hmm. Um so it'll it'll be interesting to see if uh RPG will kind of slow it down a little bit more. Um and maybe make it I don't know, less less appealing even. Mm. Because like like if the combat is is quick and fast, you get to the better parts of the Yakuza game, which is the just the zany, crazy uh, acting and story and writing and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, talking about long cutscenes, Yakuza is yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is a cutscene heavy game, but it's all super well acted and the story is interesting. I mean, from the little I've seen, um, it's it's a, a a good part of the game for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, so we leave Kiryu behind, although I'm. Maybe he will make a, 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 a small show up a little bit. Uh, and we play Ichiban, which is... I mean, the gameplay portions were all, like, super zany with, like, one of your team members is this hobo who, I don't know, like, he, he spits uh, uh, on, on his enemies or farts or something. It's like the... the and, and then you'll have the super dramatic uh yakuza like life of crime and and drama and decisions uh, uh story which is broken up by these wacky moments it, it it works it works surprisingly but um so we'll see i i can't remember if we have a release date target for 7 but i feel it's like next year uh, that's not right right next year early next year in japan and then later in 2020 uh in the rest of the world it will be called yakuza like a dragon. Looking forward to that one. If I haven't played uh, Kiwami, the, the first one, Kiwami 1, until then, maybe I'll pick that one up and, and <laughs> it could make for a, a fun experience. Um, quick mentions. I, I did want to talk about uh, Castlevania Grimoire of Souls, which is yeah. a 
um, mobile game by Konami, of course, uh, which honestly doesn't look that bad. I was intrigued. I don't know that I want a Castlevania mobile game, but I'm surprised that, that it's kind of appealing. It seems like the microtransactions are going to be based on like buying characters for the single player, um, like Monster Rush kind of, uh, and then the multiplayer uh, kind of element to it too. Yeah. Um, this says there's like a story and characters, but I'm not seeing anything that definitely like shows, hey, this is like a fully fledged Castlevania game, you know? Yeah. I Well, I thought it was, oh, maybe there isn't like a full single player uh, story mode, you mean? Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. It part. says like, take on the d- demonic horde as your favorite characters from the Castlevania series. Okay. Well, that could uh, be like, you could have a castle to, to run through in Castlevania yeah. fashion. And the other one is uh, Shenmue 3, which looks a little bit, uh, not better, but I think I've made my peace with the fact that Shenmue 3 is Shenmue 3. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. sounds dumb to say, but uh, it, it I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even have brought it up. It's, kind of, it's still just Shenmue 3. <laughs> uh, and yeah, anything else you mentioned, you, you, you noticed from uh, Tokyo Game Show? Uh, the Trials of Mana that I... Um gameplay that i that they showed off and i played in at pax seems really cool uh mm. the remake of the game that never came west um so yeah i would keep an eye out on that if you if you liked uh the recent like iterations of like dragon quest and and the other mana games that have just recently uh been re-released for the switch and stuff like that so uh keep an ear out for that uh, that is a friend of japan ass game um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like japanese stuff it's not for you uh all right let us move on to the real meat of the show the games we've been playing there are a bunch and uh maybe we can alternate i'm going yeah, sure. should i start with gears 5 or borderlands 3 i feel like borderlands is a little bit more recent slash a bigger game because all right maybe i should do that let's start let's not bury the lead uh, let's just do it that way. Have you played Borderlands 3? No, you told me you, you haven't. Yeah, no, not yet. Um, okay. We've been in the middle of a move, uh, so we have uh, not ha- have not had a chance to play the games that I've been willing to, been wanting to. It's okay. You don't have to, um, you know, uh, find an excuse for not having played <laughs> Borderlands 3. I'll, I, I'm sure the audience will excuse you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Borderlands 3... Huh. All right. Um, I feel Ooh. like no matter what I say, it's there's going to be someone who's going to be upset by it in the audience. Um, so I will start by saying that Borderlands 3 is fun. It's a good game. I'm enjoying it. And I'm probably enjoying it more than I have been enjoying any of the games, you know, the new games I've bought for, uh, uh, you know, for work, quote unquote, for the past few weeks slash months. It mm-hmm. is like I, I actually look forward to going back and playing it a little bit more. I've played about, I don't know, 10, 15 hours, something like that. And it is a good game. Um, however, it is very close to borderlands 2 and i know that when everyone's been saying that so i don't think that's you know news to anyone (laughs) but 
I, I think that when we say th stuff like that, trying to understand and analyze what the game is, there's a portion of the audience and of the players who are like, well, but what were you expecting? Of course it's Borderlands. And I think that's fair. You know, obviously it's going to be a sequel to a very successful game in a very successful franchise. It, they're going to be doing, to some extent, more of the same. So I'm not saying you don't know anything. I think, no, it's fair. I understand that criticism. But at the same time, when you're trying to explain to people what that game is, I also think it's fair to describe it in that way. And um, if you, I, I don't think it's unfair to hope or expect uh, some not necessarily revolutionary changes, but some more significant uh, changes and alterations in a series that hasn't seen a game for, I don't know if you count the pre-sequel, but if you count two, it's what, like seven years? Um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of things have happened in the very popular shooter genre for the past seven years, and a lot of good things. And it, again, it would be unreasonable to expect that Borderlands 3 um, gets would learn some lessons from that. It doesn't have to. Uh, clearly, as I said, it's a fun game. I'm enjoying it. It is. It, it's really uh, um, a good video game. But I also think it's not unfair to uh, discuss and wonder about that aspect of it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. So, whole... how's the how's the loot system in the game? Because uh, a lot of people complain that Borderlands Two had like too many guns like you were replacing guns constantly um it, so yeah. how, how has that improved or uh, has it it's it's not, not really uh it's the same it's borderlands i think mm -hmm. like any question you could ask me i would answer it's borderlands um <laughs> and that would be accurate yeah i mean you're right like the majority of the fan base just wanted kind of more borderlands wanted to be back in that world and enjoying that the story there and the the humor and the um and all that so i mean i think you're not going to turn anyone off that really liked the first two games by by saying it's more borderlands no. right yeah absolutely and 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 that's great and i think it's also a little bit in part explained by um uh uh, uh gearbox having come off the very difficult release of uh Oh my God! What's the name? Brain fart. Um, Battleborn. There you go. Battleborn. Uh, Battleborn, which they invested heavily in and came out. What was it? Twenty fifteen, um, mm -hmm. roughly, uh, in parallel of the Overwatch beta, and there was Paladins and a bunch of other games that were kind of channeling that that thing that was happening in the industry at the same time. And of course, there were winners and losers, and the biggest loser in that was probably Battleborn. So it's it, you know they they didn't they wanted to play it safe and i completely understand that um and that is a very understandable move um to talk a little bit more about some of the sticking points or things that work or, or don't work um i you know i was very apprehensive of the humor in the game i've said on mm -hmm. this show many times i think it's played out you know it was funny in 2012 2010 whatever claptrap being claptrap it's kind of the same thing again you know what? I like it. I'm, I'm very oh, wow. surprised. I'm, I mean, it's not like I think, oh, this is the funnest thing ever. But I find myself constantly grinning at the dumb six-year-old uh, 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 frat house type of humor, <laughs> um, which 
I don't know. I, I was fully, I went in fully expecting that it wouldn't work for me. And it's just, I'm grinning. I'm, I'm like when Vaughn is going like, yeah, bro, I like it. I, okay, I'm not even going to try, but I, it makes <laughs> me laugh. Um, another thing which I really appreciate so far, um, I've played, as I said, maybe 10, 15 hours. All of the important characters are women. Uh, Lilith is the main uh, uh, ally. Uh, you have, well, anyway, the main antagonist, actually, there are twins, but the uh, sister is the one that is most prominent, at least in, for now. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I love the fact that even a quote-unquote lowbrow series like Borderlands uh, is doing this. And it also, I think, shows that... It, it it can be done without even the angry, angry gamers getting upset about it because I don't think anyone even notices anymore. So it kind of, again, contradicts a lot of what the people who were revolting about this uh, 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 intent initially a few years ago were saying. It was like, oh, and it will change the games and bastardize the artistic intent, whatever. No, this and it's going to be less badass. No, this is it works perfectly well, and I appreciate that for a game. I didn't expect it either, so um, that was cool. Um, the gunplay is where I think the game shows its age the most, or maybe not shows its age, but or it might be that, but it might also <laughs> be that's just how the game feels. Um, I think so. Ev to an extent, every gun feels a little bit similar. Um, like the, the pistols, the handguns feel like machine guns because they have full auto. Um, the, like when I get a shotgun, I expect to feel the weight of the shotgun. Um, and shotguns still mean you need to empty like, I don't know, you have to shoot enemies 10 times, 15 times to get them right. down. Um, sniper rifles. I got my first sniper rifle and I was like, oh my God, finally, I'm going to aim, shoot and destroy. And it's like, again, you need to shoot enemies 5, 10, 15 times to kill them, even with a sniper rifle. So that right. feels a little bit weird. Um, I guess it's Borderland E, but the guns don't feel different enough for me. There's still great variety and it's super fun like to reload, it throws the gun and, and it sets up at a turret as a turret or bounce it around shooting everything or um, you can on some guns you can shift the fire mode and it, you don't shoot the bullets anymore. You then have a couple of shots or five shots or one shot of a rocket or something like that. Mini rocket. It's it it it's got some good and bad sides, but the gun feel, which is what you're doing all the time in the in that game, it's a looter shooter, so you're shooting all the time, I think has aged. And with games like, of course, you know, Destiny is essentially the, 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 the prime example there because uh, it's Bungie and they really know what they're doing for that. But it's not just that. You have games like doom the one from 2016 that has come in and kind of improved on those feelings and a bunch of other games we could be mentioning more um and borderlands still feels like again what it was a few years ago so that kind of weighs it down a little bit for me mm -hmm. um but um and there are other small issues um which i i'm not going to get into because it's not um huge but the gunplay like i i never got in those 10 hours a, a gun where i was like 
holy crap, now we've arrived. Like I have right. one or two levels worth of using this gun, which is going to feel incredibly satisfying. It's always like, oh my God, now I've shot that thing so much. I don't have ammo anymore. Like I've run out of ammo every other fucking, yeah. it's because I should get good and, and actually <laughs> hit the targets. But uh, I've heard that from other people as well. So it's yeah, not just I, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, I remember when I played Borderlands having to shoot uh, a, a lot. Um, I do. I don't really remember there feeling that much of a like. I remember feeling there was a difference between a shotgun and a sniper rifle. Um, well, there and, is, of course. It's just yeah. that it's 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 not like when you get a shotgun in Doom, for example. It's like boom, and yeah, you, like right. the thing explodes. Here, it's like. Boom, 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 boom. Ah, okay, finally you're dead. And it's like, it doesn't gotcha. feel, yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, but overall, honestly, overall, it is a good game. I'm having fun. I'm going to keep playing. Um, so don't take everything I've said as meaning that this is not a good game. And this is probably exactly what Gearbox needed. I hope they can do th other things uh, in the future with other franchises more successfully than they have with Battleborn. Um, but yeah, so Worldlands 3, those are my impressions. I'm, again, as I always say, very happy for the people who are enjoying it. <laughs> uh, so why don't we alternate and you talk about a game I have played a huge amount of over the summer uh fire yeah. emblem yeah so i've been um uh, i've gone in deep patrick <laughs> i might need some help okay um, so this game is firstly incredible uh i have played i think like 50 hours of it i'm not i am past the time skip but i'm still at the part where i'm still like going through kind of the couple missions before the end um, I chose Black Eagles as my house, um, okay. and I I get really obsessive over class systems. Especially, I like to plan out perfectly where my characters uh, will end up in their class systems. And this game is like perfect for that. Oh, I took like, notes. I had like yeah, uh, I have a spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I have been a fan of Fire Emblem since the GBA games. Um, I played. Um, every single one that's came out, maybe not all of them to completion, but I've at least uh, play, uh, dabbled in them. Um, I have played, I played the Jap the Japanese only Ceiling Sword game that uh, um, that that was like the pre the re the the one before the first one that came west. Okay, that had Roy in it, you know, from Smash. Uh, and man, I I love these games, and I love. Uh, how complicated the class systems have gotten since those GBA games where you get the, some <laughs> branching choices and and stuff like that. But I kind of did not, was not a big fan of Fates, the, the most recent like main release that wasn't a remake. Um, and most of that was because of all the like romantic stuff that happens. Um, mm -hmm. I have been a focus on Awakening and Fates. But now... They kind of stepped away from that, and instead, like your focus on characters is not so much about getting them together and making babies, but now it's more about, uh, hey, I think this person will be really good at swords and will become a great sword master. So I'm going to focus their goal on swords the entire time. And there are characters that like 
have uh, affinities for swords versus affinities for magic and stuff like that. And, the, and what's really, really cool is the budding talents, the ones with the stars, that if you really focus on them, they'll become they'll become good at it. So like the, the best example is Ferdinand, my, uh, my Lance user. If you focus on heavy armor for him, he can become a really powerful, like Great Knight, for example, uh, because he's already a writer. He has focus on lances, and if you focus on uh, heavy armor, he'll be able to be to be a really strong, powerful armor armored unit, but also on horseback. Um, so just the the ability to kind of like be a teacher because you're a teacher in this game and say like, hey, I think that you will be really good if you focus on this thing, even if even though you're bad at it right now, and turn that into a, a user uh, or a character who is uh, it just excels at the one class that they are kind of niched for. Um, is super satisfying to me, and yeah. uh, it's great to kind of be back, like Fire Emblem's back, baby. Like I, <laughs> I love this, I love I, this series. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I have two questions for you though. One specific class, one character that becomes a specific class is not going to be that different from another character that also becomes that class. Uh, I at least that's how I felt playing it because so, they're they're all powerful enough to destroy units or, or what? No, because it just the class has the same abilities and the same uh, characteristics and health oh, and see. everything. And so in that sense, sort of. it kind of not took away, but it was like that character could I could force through the budding talent thing and make them into that class. But that other one is already suited for it. So why would I, you know, that there's a little bit of that, even though I did it in, uh, in a couple of yeah. cases. And the other thing is I'm past the midpoint, um, I think halfway past. So almost three quarters, uh, almost to the end. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, I fell off it after 30, 40, 40 hours of game time. And I was like, dude, like this is too long. Th that game was too <laughs> long. It was, and I, I became so powerful that I'm killing everything in one go, which I don't mind all that much, actually, but it's just I, I have to finish I, it. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'll finish it at one point. But it, I, I've, if it had been half as long, it would have been just as good. Do, yeah. Do are you, you playing on, on normal or hard? Yeah, Scary. I was so, so afraid that it would be too hard because the legend around Fire Emblem is, you know, that it's really yeah. hard, uh, that I played on normal casual. And, um, and I, I guess found that, that, yeah. I found that the hard mode on the, in this game is easier than the previous hard modes. Right. So maybe I should have played on hard. But even then, you know, it wouldn't have changed the fact that I spent, I might have spent 50 hours in it instead of 40 to get to yeah. this point. <laughs> and that wouldn't have helped. I felt like it was too long and repetitive. It, and I it loved definitely, it so much to the, that point. But then, yeah. I think obviously what takes up the most time is like the between battle stuff. Yeah. Um when like basically i've just gotten this cadence of exploring the first week exploring the monastery the first week talking to everyone and that usually takes about an hour to do right yeah. um and then the second and third weeks i basically just do battles mm. um and the battles at least at the part of the game that i'm at now a lot of the like extra battles or special battles that you can get into are um than my characters and are so what it's a sorry bit, you you broke they're up. higher leveled okay um the enemies are higher leveled so it's a little bit more of a challenge i can't just like throw my my units against the uh against a 
never ending onslaught of enemies, right? Mm. Um, oh yeah, that is not the case for me. So I kind of level everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm kind of flipped between like um, a, these harder uh, levels that get the challenge uh, kind of juice flowing, and then the story levels, which I, I'm quite enjoying the story. I'm very interested in in kind of the what's happening. So yeah. um, that kind, that alternation kind of helps uh, helps keep me from being burnt out. Um, I will say yeah. that I I do like I have like put it down and then picked it up and then played like a, a chapter and then put it down. So it's, it's not like something I'm continuously playing. It's more like piecemeal every once in a while, I'll pick it up and play a chapter or so. Yeah. Um, I guess the I'll... chapters are very long, uh, which is a complaint that I've had about the recent fire Emblem games in general. There's just so much stuff to do in between battle that are like, that's like not super satisfying that the, the, you get burnt out really quickly. Mm. Um, but I feel like the the moment-to-moment gameplay, the planning gameplay of between battles in this game is by far better than than the stupid stuff you used to have to do in Fates where you're running around <laughs> the, the castle and doing picking up useless items that don't actually do anything and stuff like that. Um, I agree that the alternating between the battles and the school is what kept me... Uh, like, I actually enjoyed it. kept me from being burnt, burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh, that part. And I mean, I spent 40 hours on this game in during my holiday, my vacation. And I I, I would not have done this if it wasn't enjoyable. So it's just that <laughs> yeah. at the end, I'm like, well, I'll finish it like on the plane. I have some travel coming up at some point. I'm not burning to finish it. I I didn't answer your other question, though, about the the class system. Um, yeah. I I enjoy the making a very diverse uh, set of classes and in, in, with my characters, so I'm kind of like, hey, this guy needs to focus on being a paladin and a great knight, you know. This mm. guy needs to focus on being an assassin and a wyvern rider, you know. So like that, the but like when you get those class mastery skills and then you um, class change to another thing, you can kind of like have some pretty cool combination of of skills and abilities that turn into mm. uh, some really o- overpowered uh, combos. Yeah, I guess maybe I don't have to do that all that much because I'm in easy mm. and out leveling everything. So right. maybe I don't get that enjoyment out of it. So um. right. All right, uh, let's switch again. I'm going to talk about Gears Five. Um, a lot of what I said about Borderlands Three applies here as well, and I feel like this is going to be a much shorter uh, version of the same discussion. Um, I. I was so I'm I haven't finished the game. I'm about midway through and um I was hoping it would be more than it is. It is still very much gears which again uh for people who are looking for that and there are many many of them uh this is great. Um I haven't played co-op which is one of the uh fun parts of gears so that's also keep that in mind as I'm talking about it but like the first act, it's usually four acts in Gears games. Uh, the first act could have been the last act of Gears 4. It's like mind-bogglingly similar. <laughs> it's exact, like nothing changes. You go from one to the next and it's the direct continuation. And I know because I've played Gears 4 this summer. So I've done it recently. Um, after that, it changes, opens up a little bit. Uh, the acting feels a little bit... Uh, uh, better done um, 
the story is a little bit a little bit more interesting. I was hoping it was going to be a lot more interesting. Uh, but aside from that, there are a few gameplay tweaks, like the structure of the game. At some point, it opens up in Act Two, Act Two, and you get into a quote-unquote open world type place. But it's really a very shallow structural change because it's not like you do stuff in the open world and have like quests or something you you do within the open world. The open world is essentially a hub where you have, uh, let's say, per section of that part of the world, three things you can go do. And each of those things is essentially a gears level in the same narrow continuous uh you know des uh, uh, map design so it, it is open world only in appearance but nothing about the gameplay or the structure of the game makes it open world um so it's still you know again a gears game it's probably one of the best gears gears games there has been um, but it's still very close to the structure of um, the, the, that formula that was established over 10 years ago now, which, you know, same criticism slash uh, positive aspects of that I was talking about in Borderlands. And just to, you know, I think it's, uh, uh, again, fair to say, oh, but that's what people want, fans want. But I also think, and this, again, applies to Borderlands 3 as well, I think there are ways of making a game that is a sequel with changes that move it forward. Like, I was, for some reason, there are um, uh, uh, rumors about the new Arkham game, Batman, uh, Batman Arkham game, um, being announced fairly soon. And that made me think, look at Arkham 1 and Arkham uh, City, you know, Arkham... Uh, um, Ah, Arkham Asylum Ar and Arkham City. Yeah. Um, City is additive in every way. Like, even it's not just the, the city that opens up. Even in gameplay, you keep all of the abilities you had in uh, Asylum, but you add a lot more abilities that, you know, change if you want the way you play while staying very true to the spirit of the original. And and I, this is the example that jumped to me now, but there are, I mean, we talked about Fire Emblem. That's another example where the series has gone through many changes uh, while staying true to its core, um, mostly. So to the people who say, oh, but that's what we want, that's what the fans want, yes, I hear you, but also it's possible to give the fans what they want while moving the series in a right. you know direction. It's a little bit more risky, I understand, but it's possible. So in that spirit, again, I, I don't think it's completely fair to for people to say, you know, to, to dismiss the acknowledgement of this is very similar to the original game, especially in series series uh, that are over 10 years old. So, all right. And that rounds up my, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the way I feel about old games being new and cool again, or <laughs> new old games that are cool, whatever. Uh, yeah. So gears five, it's a great gears game. If you enjoy gears, Go play it. If you've never played Gears and you want to know what Gears is, 
check that one out. It's uh, very easy to jump into and uh, you will have a good time probably. If you have played Gears and know Gears and aren't a fan or want something a little bit different, this is not for you. Man, people are are like really high on this game. They're saying like it's it's doing things that are different, but you're not saying that saying that and maybe it's a little bit later in the game, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. Uh, again, I've I'm midway through. I would argue yeah. if you have to wait like half the game to see something significantly right. <laughs> different, I would I think it's an example of people who are very much into the game will notice small changes um, yeah. that will bring them a lot of things. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, if you're looking at, uh, I don't know, World of Warcraft, most expansions doesn't change much. But the people who are into the game will tell you, oh my God, this is so different and this feels different because the minute changes are more apparent to them because they're so into the game. If you, got, if you have a game like... Uh, I would argue Diablo from Diablo 3 to uh, Reaper of Souls, it changed a lot of things to the point that the game felt different enough uh, right. structure-wise, gameplay-wise, that it would be, you know, a significant uh, um, difference. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of examples. If you go from, I'm, uh, you know, uh, uh, Destiny 2 to Destiny 2, um, I don't know. Well, actually maybe forsaken change well not really it didn't change a lot it was great but it didn't change a a, a whole lot or what to, about like destiny the, one to uh the first expansion the first big expansion of that that, you know that was what? kind of an example that people said it, it was very significant but i think it was fixing issues not bringing and, yeah, and making sure. the the existing qualities shine better but it wasn't changing the core of the game so even then i would say it's similar to what you know, Gears 4 and Gears 5 have done for the series. Right, and people right. would say, oh, but look, you love Destiny and you say how much you love it all the time. Oh, aren't you a hypocrite? And no, because I'm always saying, you know, when Destiny changes in those small ways, it's not a game for you if you already didn't like it before. Um, mm -hmm. I think Forsaken did great things for the structure of the game, but if you hated Destiny, you're still shooting shooting enemies in the same way. Um, so it's that same um, parallel, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, Ed, tell me what Superland is. Yeah, so this is uh, from the makers of a game called Super Ball. And uh, I would say... That game, you don't really have to worry about playing or whatever to play this at all. Uh, the It was kind of like a cool sports ball kind of game. Uh, but this game is a Metroidvania first-person um, or first-person Metroidvania game. Um, but it's the the way it's kind of laid out is you start as this, like, basically you're a little uh, stick figure, 3D stick figure that is in a sandbox that's controlled by, like, this kid. And you uh, get different abilities to be able to traverse the world, but but it's also heavily puzzle based. So I'm playing this like I play most of like my favorite genre is first person puzzlers, and so I'm playing this uh, very much with with the enjoyment of those kinds of games. Um, so it's kind of like somewhat hard to describe but basically the idea is that you are going from 
you're kind of exploring this world and you have to go get the magical MacGuffins that allow you to do new, uh, basically do new things. So you have two MacGuffins that you unlock the red one and the purple one. And the red one allows you to shoot, uh, uh, like a gun. And then the purple one allows you to draw beams that, um, from wood, wooden things, for example. And so from one wood thing to another wood thing, and then you can walk up the beam that you, that you, uh, that you create so you can so see kind of how, puzzle puzzle yeah kind of, yeah and traversal um so you can kind of see how the world can kind of change based off of that you get the ability to drop a cube on the ground which can weigh down uh buttons and stuff like that so um it's it's pretty clever the the puzzles that that it uses um some of them are kind of are pretty easy some of them are tougher um but it's very much like and the game is very clear like if you walk if you walk up to a puzzle and you don't have all the things you need to solve the puzzle there's like an nbc nearby that'll say like oh you don't have all the things to solve this puzzle yet come back later Mm. um so you're not like completely frustrating yourself just by looking at and saying like what am i missing when it turns out you're just missing an item that you haven't gotten yet um so yeah i mean it's strongest uh metroidvanias of this year if you're if you're interested in, the, in that those kind of games then i would give it give it a shot because it's um it really is a cool cool experience and very satisfying once you figure out the puzzles um and just a cool little world to, to kind of explore mm, um, every time every once in a while you can look up in the sky and you see the kid like looking over you which right. is kind of creepy but uh <laughs> it's um it's out it came out in april so it's not yeah uh, and, and it's steam is it steam only or is it uh um console i and... think it is just steam okay it seems so yeah all right well Superland. uh it actually looks kind of good very nice yeah and then they've they he this kickstarter for Superland one like did not do very well at all like he said it failed miserably um but Superland 2 funded like immediately. So that oh, kind of nice. shows you like how much of a following this game has now. Very nice. Um although I'm on the Kickstarter page and it's like 30,000 euros the Kickstarter for Superland 2. I'm always suspicious of uh Kickstarters that want to fund games and that raise like a few thousand a few uh, yeah so this is one this is one guy okay Um, oh wow and he is hiring like some additional uh talent for the for the second game to help with like animation and stuff like that Hmm. but uh but the first game was made entirely by one guy okay interesting well i mean obviously uh, especially if you're an indie you're not gonna uh, not take uh (laughs) 30,000 bucks and he's german so I don't know what that means, but maybe it has uh, <laughs> significance. Um, the the last thing I wanted to talk about, and that's going to be relatively short. Um, Modern Modern Warfare had a beta, multiplayer beta, in um, in like this weekend, uh, and I played it for a little bit. And <laughs> I feel like this is a theme uh, for <laughs> this episode. It is uh, Call of Duty. It's uh, it's it's kind of fun. There, are, it feels like there are more ways to play in multiplayer than there were before. Uh, but it definitely feels like Call of Duty. Uh, I would spawn, like get shot from 
somewhere i have no idea because obviously the people playing the beta are probably people who have been playing for a long time who are excited about the new game and multiplayer especially is something where expertise plays a, a big role um it was the standard modes not the 2v2 uh, mode i think that was uh, uh, earlier but um it you know it feels um it feels like call of duty which feels pretty good as shooters go and um the the modes are i felt more refined than they were when i played them last which is admittedly a long time ago it's been years um but it feels like the you know mode design map design it's smaller maps when they need to be smaller there are modes that um have players congregate in one spot and then spread out again and then congregate again it's like it feels like the incremental changes over the years for yearly releases have um added up to something a little bit more significant than I would have expected. Mm -hmm. But it's still very much Call of Duty, at least in this multiplayer mode. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's it's fun. I'm still curious about what the single player is going to be and those early controversies about how violent it's going to be and if it's going to manage to do something with it or just be violent for the sake of violence and buzz. But... Um, Patrick, I think you should stop playing sequels. <laughs> but I, I love sequels. I'm very much uh -huh. looking forward to uh, uh -huh. Doom. Doom. Which one is it? Eternal? Oh, it, Immortal? Doom Eternal, yeah. Eternal. Immortal is, is Diablo on phones. Um, I'm looking forward to um, Destiny. Uh, you know, in October, we have Shadowkeep coming. I'm, it's, it, it's not a criticism per se it's just well i guess it is i'm i'm not being <laughs> truthful it is criticism but also the acknowledgement that for people who love those things then it's great and i'm in some games in many games one of those people you know mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean i just the thought popped into my head now um mario and zelda from year one of the switch were true to the spirit, but reinvented the series. It's possible. It's just that many games don't do it, which is not a, a cardinal sin. It's just, it speaks more to the fans that are already there. And sometimes it's also interesting when things are done differently. I feel like I've said this 15 yeah. different ways um, <laughs> in the past hour, but yeah. Uh, right. Do you want to call me out on my BS again anymore about uh, old no, games? I, just wait till the end of the show and then we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on it again. Excellent. Um, Stormlands VR. Yeah. So this is a Oculus exclusive VR game uh, from the makers uh, that brought you Spider-Man and Spyro. Like it's Insomniac, right? Um, Sunset Overdrive. Uh, so this game is kind of cool. You play like a, as a like humanoid robot. Um, and the, the controls are, if you played no man's sky VR, uh, it kind of works similar to that. You have a, the right stick instead of turning you like snaps you into eight different directions, kind of the, the four cardinal directions plus the ones in between. Right. Yeah. Um, so like 45 but, degrees increments yeah, of turning. Yeah. yeah. So you're, 
in your but you're really just using the the left and right sticks to kind of turn the body and you actually also turn your body to, to turn yourself and so you use the right stick to aim um but what's cool is that it's all kind of uh based in reality i guess you could say as far as like the the shooting and stuff like you have your guns on your body and so you have three places where you can put your guns it's on your left side your right side like your two hips and then behind you and so the way you actually pick up the guns is you move your hand over to your hip your actual physical hip grab the gun and pull it out mm. uh you reach behind you and you grab the gun pull it out um the, the way the mechanics work is that you have a shield on your left arm and then on your right arm you have the gun or you can switch if you're left-handed um and you shoot uh you can shoot with the shield up or you can use your left hand to grab onto the gun um and turn it into some other gun so you have a mini gun that that's you start out it's kind of like a um just kind of general assault rifle maybe a shotgun um kind of feel and then you put your hand on the top of it and you hold it with two hands and then it turns into a full-fledged minigun that you're like spraying bullets everywhere um there's a sniper rifle where it's just like a single shot um rifle but then when you put your hand underneath it it pops out a scope that you physically can pull up to your eye and then look through you know Mm. so it's kind of like a cool uh different experience you can you can have grenades that you can accidentally forget to throw and it'll blow up in your hand, you know? Uh, but you have to actually have to physically throw it in order to get it to, to work. Right. Um, it so, feels like interesting uses of VR that I guess are gimmicky on paper, but actually work in yeah. actual use. I mean, it reminds me a lot of, obviously, of super hot VR, where you're, like, throwing ninja stars and, and shooting guns. It feels very similar to that um it just looks way ne- like way better not the super high look bad but like you know what i mean it's like looks like yeah. you're in a real world and you're shooting uh like real enemies that have detail and stuff like that so uh yeah i mean it, it was a super i played for about 30 minutes i was standing up the entire time uh, i i realized as i was walking away that my right knee was locked the entire time so as i walked <laughs> as i was hobble i was walking out of the booth i was like hobbling <laughs> like <laughs> like an old man <laughs> um but yeah no i, I think I, I mean, it probably means you had fun um yeah yo, no yeah. i had a i had a lot of fun i played a co-op uh mission with another guy who was at in the booth um so we kind of were able to talk and and chat and um he kind of showed me showed me around uh he actually lost connection and i was playing by myself uh towards the end of it and i was like kind of kind of aimlessly lost in the in the map um so i'm hoping that they like as they improve um upon the ui and stuff they'll add like more uh objective markers and things like Mm -hmm. that so so where do you stand on vr and is that the kind of thing that you would feel it seems you feel pretty strongly about it are you like yeah this is a system seller or maybe not going that far it's a killer app I think it, I th- I would say it's a it's a killer app if not a system seller. Um, I I like these kind of different ways of playing games. Um, is what makes VR so great, right? The the VR experience that I had uh, playing this was kind of it's just it's what you're looking for. You're like, oh, Modern Warfare is kind of the same. Gears is kind of the same. Like this is a shooter that does something completely different and controls completely different and feels completely different. So, mm. um, so yeah, I, I'd say it it 
it's a definitely a killer app for the for the VR. Um, it's not doing anything like super original as far as like the shooting. Like I said, like the the forty five degree movement is um, is not not something new. I do realize that when I'm in the heat of combat, I accidentally will tap the right stick to to move my gun um and like turn myself instead and so like all of a sudden my enemy will be i'll be it'll be right in front of me i'll like want to just slightly move and i'll tap the right stick and i'll all of a sudden the enemy will be completely to my right to my left Mm. or you know so uh that'll get to take some getting used to but uh i kind of got the the feeling for it after playing um a little bit so okay so pretty cool game it's stormlands and it's a, a, a oculus exclusive yeah um and that's it for the games we have uh, played i still played a little bit of uh, uh control not a sequel by the way and uh, enjoying <laughs> it as well oh i doing I something mention, different <laughs> <laughs> i will i i played almost through the entire fire emblem it was my first and i will finish it it was True. my first fire True. emblem so there you go um <laughs> i i will mention however as much as i praised control and it is a good game fun gameplay great setting as i said last time uh, i'm enjoying borderlands 3 more i want to return to it more i think it feels better so again everything i've said doesn't mean it's not a good game or that i don't enjoy it all right let's close that chapter mm-hmm. um <laughs> um Apple Arcade is available for some people, and I'm one of them. Um, I think it's most people who have iOS or iPadOS 13 or 30.1, the beta. Anyway, it's by the time you listen to this, most likely it will be available for everyone. It launches on the 19th. Um, five bucks a month. Subscribing is unbelievably easy, as it is <laughs> for these kinds of Apple services, you know. Um, but... It's it's funny. So you subscribe, you get the list of games, press tap on a game, download, it downloads. When you launch it, it displays a an Apple Arcade splash screen, and that's it. Then you're in game. Very, very easy. The service costs uh, five bucks a month. It's free for the first month. So I think they're going to get a lot of people to subscribe. There's, there's going to be 100 games available at launch. They're being brought into the store um, a little bit more every day. I think there were like 50, 70 uh, when I first tried it. Um, but the most important question for, for this audience especially is should you subscribe? And I think for a lot of people, um, it's gonna be a yes mostly even though you already have a bunch of subscriptions and you don't want any more and i know a lot of people are sick of it already blah 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 okay yes i get that but um five bucks a month subscribing at least for what all right the games that you're getting are not typical mobile games they are they don't have microtransactions at all um they're full price quote-unquote games, of course, you're not paying the full price for them. And some of them are pretty interesting. And some of them are also available. Some of them are exclusive. Some of them are mobile exclusive. So they are available on consoles or on PC, but not on Android, essentially, is what that means. Um, And on those platforms, those other platforms, they're like 15, 20 bucks, um, and for five bucks, you get access to all of them. A, a couple of games that I have installed and I, that I'm, um, well, I'll, I'll say very quickly, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which was presented, was it at Gamescom? I can't remember. Yeah, um, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's, it's essentially a rhythm run game. I've played a little bit. It's not as 
different slash fun as I would have hoped, but it looks amazing and it might open up later. Um, Ocean Horn 2 is a kind of a Zelda type thing, um, pretty well regarded. Hot Lava, uh, uh, all right, that one is not one you'll be getting the game for. <laughs> there is uh, the, the service for uh, Exit the Gungeon, which is kind of another game in the Enter the Gungeon um, series, which does really interesting stuff with uh, the control schemes. So if you're playing on a touchscreen, it auto-aims and auto-shoots. So it kind of makes it a lot easier to play. If you connect a controller, you can connect with the latest version of the OSs. You can connect a uh, an Apple, uh, uh, a PS4 or Xbox One controller. If you connect that, then you will actually have a twin stick type thing um, and have to shoot the stuff that you uh, need to kill. Um, and I really like the idea of actually making different difficulties through different control schemes because inherently touch controls are more difficult slash more annoying slash you're using them when you're in the subway or whatever and you want something a little bit more mindless a little bit but it's still challenging and it's still fun um, playing it with touch controls because you don't replicate everything you do with the controller one-to-one and I think that is a very innovative way of thinking about it. And it might partly at least solve the issue of finding a control scheme that works with, um, you know, touch controls alone or even touch controls and controllers. Because, of course, uh, Apple Arcade is available on uh, iOS devices, iPads, uh, Apple TVs with the when the new uh, OS launches, and Macs when the new OS launches. So on some of those, you're going to be playing with controllers, obviously. Um, that's really interesting. There's uh, Skate City, which is a skating game. If you like that, you it's it's really interesting. But overall, the reason I'm saying it might be interesting to uh, many of the people listening is that this finally feels like the kind of games that we would like to have on mobile but couldn't because the business model was dictating the type of games that would be successful. And right. I'm not saying that it will, the service will be great on the long term. I don't know what will happen. I can't say with confidence that this is it, guys. This is the games we want on mobile and we're going to love them. I don't know. Um, maybe in six months we'll be tired of it and go back to our Switches and actual you know, core games. But it feels very different from what mobile has been uh, until now. And that is, I think, what they were going for. Um, and I'm talking about us core gamers. There's a whole other discussion to be had for mobile gamers and for families, you know, family-friendly games, types of stuff like that. But for us, it, it, it's very intriguing. So um, if you have a, a device that can run it, especially a mobile device, I'd recommend you give it a try. Um, are you on iOS, Ed? Or? Yeah, of course. I I actually just subscribed as you were talking. So, oh, nice. <laughs> are you are you running the iOS uh, beta, the yeah. iOS thirteen? Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy it. About to get on a plane at uh this afternoon, so I I will download a couple of games to play for that. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You you download them, and of course, you can play them without being connected. Uh, get yep. exit the gungeon. It's uh it's, okay. It's pretty fun. All right, um, on to the news. Um, quick mention, 
Borderlands 3 has had double the lifetime uh, P concurrency that it had on Borderlands 2, and it's an epic, we're talking about PC version, it's an Epic Game Store exclusive. Um, there's lots of points of data that show that uh, games on the Epic Game Store are doing very well, which has led uh, Ian Boudreau, uh, a journalist, uh, to go on a little rant on Twitter saying, you know, the um, boycott BS that we're hearing about the Epic Game Store. <laughs> well, it's BS. And I, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a few, whatever, thousand people who are really angry. But I think we need to pay attention to how much attention we're paying to those people making so much noise um, in that way. Like there are people who have complaints about the store, which are reasonable and voicing them reasonably but the people going like boycott we stop it feels like there's a lot of them and like it's an actual movement the numbers are showing that it is not like not at all yeah. which which is going to uh the the thread is very interesting by the way he mentions um how pro-consumer the epic game store actually is which a lot of people don't understand and anti-workers uh, Epic is, which uh, there's been a couple of articles written, and those are concerns which are linked to one another, but of course the angry voices of the internet are not are, are getting this completely wrong. Completely wrong. Um, anyway, they will have another opportunity to scream about stuff because Rockstar is launching its launcher, um, giving away GTA <laughs> San Andreas, um, and yet another launcher that you're going to have to download and get. Probably this is a pre prelude to the announcement of um, uh, a Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC, I, I would suppose, right? I would guess. Hope, yeah. And maybe even one on PC. I don't know how possible that one that one's going to be, but, you mm. know. Very, yeah, good dream. point. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be available on steam and on the rockstar launcher i would guess not because they don't want to give 30 percent or you know however much yeah. it is to to valve that's why they're doing this to begin with uh and they don't i mean they can it helps to help valve but rockstar doesn't need valve um to to get people to install the games so um yeah yet another launcher i look forward to the anger of the internet and maybe <laughs> look forward to not paying attention to it all that much. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Have you seen yeah, this, this thing? Yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> so uh, it was teased last week uh, or two weeks ago and uh, revealed this week, last week. Um, it's essentially a ring uh, Pilates, I've learned. A ring, it's actually the same kind of... Uh, strength and tension and and, and mm -hmm. form um where you insert a joy-con and then you strap a joy-con to your leg and then you do some kind of fitness um and i have two things to say about this whole thing first the video that they are showcasing <laughs> this in is like it's mesmerizing <laughs> it's it's they are so happy about this thing and so preppy like it, it feels yeah, like it's yeah. an animated people are making apparel. fun of the guy in the video for yeah. being like not a real person <laughs> and and you know that it was like the nintendo 
communications person in the uh, uh, production seat at the shooting going like, no, smile more. You have to be yeah. happy. And you're like, and the, and the woman running in place is motionless, but like not breaking a sweat at all. And she runs like, she must be one of the biggest athletes I've ever seen. Like she, she's, but she looks like nothing because she's making it feel like it's <laughs> everyone can do that. It's very well done. Hypnotizing. It was... I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, um, the game itself, the, the system looks really fun because it really is putting much more of a game into fitness than I feel has been before. Even in Wii Fit and, and the likes, it felt like it was like, oh, now you move in that position and hold it. And that was kind of the quote unquote game. Here, it's a little bit more like a runner or you're a grabbing active, a thing right? and punching. Yeah. What did you think? Are you interested? Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it would be a cool game to to get, and um, at least like my my wife likes uh, likes working out and stuff like that. So like, the, maybe as like kind of um, an introductory seed into into uh, playing more of the Switch, um, mm. get her get her into it. But yeah, it, it seems cool. I mean, like, why not? Why not give it a shot? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in the same boat ish. Um... I I started working out a little bit, just a bit, but maybe that could be a fun way of doing it as well. Why not? Gamify everything. Um, EA is testing its cloud gaming service, which led me to um, remember, kind of, that they have a cloud gaming service that they announced <laughs> a year ago. I had completely forgotten about this. Completely. Um and uh, yeah, so it's uh, the test is beginning shortly, but EA is getting into the streaming games game as well. And uh, Ubisoft has launched, I can't remember if we talked about it last time, but they've launched their subscription service uh, to very little fanfare, which I think will change once one of the big Ubisoft games comes out. And that's mm -hmm. going to be interesting. Um, we'll discuss it then. And also with the Stadia link, I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to, to talk about this again. Discord is not selling games anymore. Yeah, that, that was interesting. <laughs> you know, I think they had an opportunity to succeed. I, I probably said that at the time as well. Um, they just started this. Uh, they didn't have the, I guess, marketing uh oomph behind it to make it succeed yeah. and also uh epic entered the arena yeah, and everyone exactly. has their launcher too now and we have the subscription there there's kind of a subscription -y thing with nitro but um and we also have the subscription showing up so you know it's funny how much that market has shifted in the past 18 months um, it's been significantly transformed. When Discord was conceiving their store, I think they were seeing the opportunity that existed. And now the market is that used to be Steam only yeah. is super full. So, um, yeah. Um, I mean, Discord is still doing well, so I'm sure they'll be okay. Yeah. Do you Are you looking forward to uh, The Last of Us Part 2, Ed? Of course, dude. How could I not be? That is the right answer. Had you not answered <laughs> that, I can't answer to what I would be. I would have been doing. Um, next week, we're getting a press event for The Last of Us Part Two, where it is extraordinarily likely we'll get a release date. Um, yep. More gameplay, etc. More details, but release date. 
Do you want to take bets on what the release date will be? I really hope it's not next fall. No. Hmm. Um, I think they wanted it to be early. They wanted it to be like February, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say February 20th. Um, okay. We'll see if that happens. Wait, what I'm going to go the later 20th? than that. Wait, it, it, it should be probably a Friday, right? Um, uh, no. Or I mean, Thursday. It is a Thursday, but Thursday. they're going to they're gonna release that on, on Tuesday, right? Like Maybe. I don't like know. Nintendo is Tuesday. the Friday. Mm, okay. All right. So Tuesday, so the 18th, um, February 18th, okay. maybe. I still, I'm going to go later. So the reason I think they're not going to go later is that they will probably have a PlayStation 5 coming out later in the year. Or yeah. When I, when I say I'm playing over under rules with later, mm. like I'm saying like maybe March um, ah, okay, or, okay. or like maybe... They they have released a couple of high profile. They released God of War in like April, right? So that's like true. that 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 seems to be a, a good time for them. Maybe they were targeting um they were targeting February and then they moved it to March or April. Okay, that works. Mm-hmm. Uh Anthem is on EA Access now. So if you're subscribed to EA Access, <laughs> Yay. you can play Anthem. Um I don't know what to make of what they're doing with Anthem. Are they working on it really hard in secret? They posted a very, not cryptic, but light update post, uh, blog post a few days ago. And it was like, yeah, we're, we have big things, ambitions. And <laughs> I, I guess that really? game is going to have a relaunch, but it it's way more under the radar than it. I think it's going to be a complete relaunch where, I don't know, do you need to buy it again? It's so difficult to. I I hope it does well. That. I I hope so too. I'm just wondering how EA can make it worth working on it because they sold it fairly well already. Yeah. I think financially they could just forget about it. You know, they sold pretty well. It would require a lot of money to, you know, to to significantly um, uh, improve it. But then what do you do? Do you sell an expansion and sell that expansion to people who have already paid the base game but not played because it sucked at launch? Um, do you make it... That's kind of what Destiny to, did, right? Like, I, um, I know you loved you loved the original version of Destiny, but when Taken King came out, they brought a bunch of people in, brought a bunch of new people in, and they uh, so they got people in that way. And then they really just need positive buzz to come out of yeah. the expansion, right? I think I think um, comparing Destiny to Anthem is doing an incredible disservice to what Destiny was yeah. at launch. Um, it certainly had problems, but it wasn't as you know. It had big problems, of course. I've said this many times. Um, Anthem was broken at an incredibly deep design structure level. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of the moment-to-moment gameplay issues. So it's not this... I, I think there has been no situation similar to what Anthem has done. There have been games that have come out broken um, in the history of the gaming industry, of course. Yeah. But like Anthem, I don't... And, I, you know, there will be three people who love Anthem to this day <laughs> in the audience um, who will take issue with what I'm saying. But I I 
think I would stand by those. Um, give me another example of a high-profile game. It doesn't have to be as high-profile as Anthem, which was probably the highest of high profiles we've seen. Um, you know, it wasn't that, like, top tier. Um, that did so poorly um, game-wise. I don't think there are many of them. Um, broken games, yes. But in all of them, you had some good elements and some people who um, got something out of them, including Destiny, which was very broken. And and anyway, well, we're not going to redo the conversation about Destiny, but um, there's a lot of people who have gotten... And, and just a testament to the fact that the aspects of Destiny that worked... Uh, the community stayed in the game until it was "quote unquote" fixed with broke uh, with uh, Taken King. The community kept playing. I have a right. feeling that the community in Anthem is not playing anymore. It's like what six months since the game launched, and that speaks to how broken structurally the game was. If you're still playing it, um, awesome, I go for it. But I think you're in the minority, the very, very small minority. Mm -hmm. uh, Nintendo World is opening. Do you want a Nintendo themed uh, theme park? Yeah, of oh. course. Uh, there you go. Uh, Universal Studios in Japan for a start. And uh, it's going to come to other parts of the world in the future. I'm, I'm not a big theme park person. So I don't know if that's for me, but uh, I'm super negative today, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> but if you if you enjoy that, then go for it. Um, I'm going to Japan in the fall. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to amend what I said about um, Last of Us. The release date will very likely be the day before I leave for Japan. That is <laughs> what it's going to be. Um, yeah, so... I'm going to Japan. I don't think it will be open yet. And even if it is, I won't go. But maybe I could. Uh, yeah. So you're, you want to go to Super Nintendo World? Yeah, why not? Just seems, just seems like a fun, fun experience, you know? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to go as well. I mean, um, Nintendo is like, like my Disney, right? Like every, everyone loves Disney so much. And Nintendo is kind of like that for me. So, hmm. yeah. I, 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 when my, kid will be a little bit older let's put it like that i would want him to want to go to super nintendo world mm -hmm. and i will be very disappointed if he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> all right that's gotta be it for this uh episode anything to add ed anything i missed i don't think so no we covered pretty much everything so cool uh why don't you tell us where we can find you on the internet yeah, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Adesis. I uh, am involved with an, another podcast called Four Player uh, Podcast at fourplayernetwork.com. Uh, last night, actually, we covered every single game that I played at PAX, and we talked about every single one of them. Um, so that podcast should be coming up on the feed shortly. So subscribe if you're interested in hearing uh, more about PAX uh, other than just Stormlands. So I, Excellent. I look forward to that. Cool. Thank you very much. Uh, I am not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find this show at frenchspin.com. Uh, come let me know if you think I said dumb things or clever things or if I uh, made sense in any way. I, I doubt myself all the time, so I enjoyed 
people telling me that uh, maybe I'm not entirely wrong. Um, if you are, that is completely different, but uh, I also do a show called Affiliates Club, and we just did an episode on China in Africa. And I'm sure everyone has heard that China is doing lots of stuff in Africa. But if you wonder what exactly that is, like you, you want to get informed a little bit. I had two amazing guests uh, who told us about what they're doing, what people think about this there. And it was really informative. Um, go check it out. Uh, Phileas Club, P-H-I-L-E-A-S, um, or just go to frenchspin.com and you'll have a link to the RSS feed. And uh, keep informed in that way. It's a fun show. We talk about serious topics and it's very casual, very fun. I think you will enjoy it. The Phileas Club at Frenchspin.com. That's going to be it. We will be back in a couple of weeks for another episode. Thank you, Ed, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.